Welcome to the WRSU Crew, the revolutionary show to hear all things sports, from your very own Rutgers Athletics to the hot topics in all professional and collegiate sports from around the globe. Coming to you from your own Rutgers students. Sit back, relax, and enjoy your ride with the crew. Thursday crew here on WRSU. Jake Gostrove alongside Douglas Willig. Who we got on the other side here? Troy Savino. We got John. We got Sean, right? Is that correct? Yes, we are all correct. We are all squared away here on what's going to be a spectacular two hours. Thank you for joining us. Lots to get to with Rutgers Athletics. Rutgers women's basketball in Big Ten tournament action today. Got the dub. Big win. Big win. They'll be playing again tomorrow. Coverage starts around 2 o'clock. 2.30 should be tip. We'll have all the coverage of that tomorrow. We got our broadcasters, Randy and Corey, calling in. They're going to share their thoughts on being in Indianapolis, watching the game firsthand, and maybe they'll have done some prep for tomorrow's game, and they'll have some insight on what's going to be with this matchup with Indiana. A really tough team. We're going to talk some men's basketball because Saturday's the last game of the season. We're really getting down into the home stretch. This is the best time of year. I mean, it's everything is high stress. It's high intensity. Everything matters. Every game, every moment matters. And so we'll, we'll start talking about that a little bit too. But we'll start with the women getting the win. They knock off Wisconsin, who was the, I mean, they were the lower seed by far. Rutgers, the five seed in the tournament. Scrolling Ice win it 63 to 55, and they do it the old fashioned way with Arella Garantes leading the charge. Once again, I mean, how in the world was she not named Big Ten Player of the Year? She is stellar, and she led the Scarlet Knights once again. It is mind-boggling to me. Yeah, you're right. You know, big win, 63-55, like you said. Rutgers over Wisconsin. Now they get Indiana in the quarterfinals. Huge win today. And Arella Garantes, like you said, she led the team. No one else. No one else in double figures. Um so, right, she had 27. Next leading scorer was nine for the Scarlet Knights. Yeah, how about the game for McGlory? I mean, three three-pointers. She's not normally someone somewhat of a role player for the Scarlet Knights team. And you know what? She was knocking down threes today, contributing off the bench. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, going into the fourth quarter, the game wasn't looking super secure for the Scarlet Knights, right? Like, it was going in. They were actually down 45-42 at the start of the fourth. But then Rutgers started the fourth quarter with a 12-0 run. And it was the third time the team beat Wisconsin this season. So going into that fourth, it didn't even look like they might, might get the win. But they came in, they started off with that 12-0 run, and they secured the win. And like you said, Garantis with the 27 points was the main reason why. She was 10 of 17 from the field. Get this, 3 of 5 from 3. Very efficient. Great Very day from beyond the arm. Yeah. Right. She made all four for foul shots. Just an overall, like, phenomenal performance to lead the team. A Big Ten player of the year type performance, wouldn't you say, Doug? Yes, well, definitely. Maybe, maybe not to some. Maybe not to some. Maybe not to some. To I us, don't know. To us. Of course, Sakia Mack, Jordan Wallace coming in with nine points as well. Daniel McGlory also with nine points. Actually, three, Yeah, she had a great game. Yeah, three separate players with exactly nine points. Yeah, she had two three-pointers in that second quarter, and, you know, she was in a rhythm. And that was great to see her, you know, someone. We know that this Scarlet Knights team's a little shorthanded. Injuries and transfers, you know, Noga Pelik-Pelik's leaving. Joya Maddox, we haven't seen in a long time with injury. Alexis Morris is injured. So really, the nine players that played for the Scarlet Knights today, those are the only nine players on the entire active roster. And they still find a way to get the job done. Contributions through and through and Look, they're shorthanded, but they're getting contributions from everyone. I mean, everyone's in the scoring column, whether it's just one point for Ty Singleton. But, you know, like... And she she had four rebounds, too. Right, and, you know, 14 assists. That's the thing that sticks out to me. When you're passing the ball like that, when you're scoring some team basketball, it, it goes a long way. And that's the type of basketball that they need to play because they're severely shorthanded when they're playing teams that are going to have 13 or 14 players coming onto the court. And that's the way that most teams are built. You have a very deep bench. Rutgers doesn't even have another five to play uh, an inner squad. They only have nine. 
and they're still getting the job done. Yeah, you know, first quarter, it was 13-13 tied. You know, at second quarter, both teams scored 15-28-28 going into halftime. But in the fourth quarter, that's where Rutgers really separated themselves. So obviously it was the 17-14 third. And in the fourth quarter, outscored them by 11. Rutgers 21, Wisconsin 10. That was the difference maker. The team came together at the end. They're shorthanded. You might think, oh, they might get tired. You know, they don't got a deep bench. Players injured, transferred out, like you said. But no, didn't happen in the end. Fourth quarter is where they put in the most work. And they really have turned into another gear or shifted into another gear over the last couple of weeks. They've won now four straight games. And there was a time maybe three weeks ago when Rutgers was losing three, four games in a row, started to skid a little bit, blew a lead at Michigan State, was losing badly, like by 40 points to Maryland, lost by 30 to Northwestern. I didn't know if they were an NCAA tournament team. I thought that, you know, injuries and everything that was going on with the team was overshadowing what their performance was, and they really weren't playing like a tournament-caliber team. You know, for most of the season, they were fringe top 25, not in the top 25, but receiving votes, and did they deserve it at a certain point? I didn't think so, but they deserved it last week when they when they beat Iowa in overtime, and they come out and they play another high quality game they played well and they showed why they're 22 and 8 why they're going to go to another ncaa tournament and why you know what with the right matchup they can win a game or two they can they you know they have the players or at least the player you know they 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 have the player that is that was voted unanimous first team all big 10 by the coaches they have a player who is first team all big 10 defensively in takia mack and I think that, you know, as good as Mac is, you pair it with Giles. And the two of them together, they're a brick wall that no one's getting past. You know, like, they're not very deep, but with the right combination out there, they found a, a lot of good ways to win. Right, and looking at the Big Ten tournament specifically, Rutgers is now 5-5 five and five at the Big Ten tournament since it entered the league in 2015. It's advanced to the quarterfinals in five of the six seasons that they've been in the Big Ten tournament, so now they've now advanced to the Big Ten quarterfinals again last season they had the highest seed three and the highest finish semifinals since they joined the conference in 14 15 so obviously last season with the semifinals finish want to do better than that this year and they're on the path to that now take a look at bracketology our friend charlie cream over at espn currently projects the scarlet knights to be an eight seed playing lsu a team that the scarlet knights have already played they lost to in baton rouge back in november but that's very interesting that they can potentially see them again. They'd be playing in Waco. The 8-9 matchup with Baylor on the other side. One of the best teams in college basketball. They'd be the one seed. It wouldn't be the first overall. I think that's going to be a team like South Carolina. Uh, it could be Oregon, too. I mean, you can never count them out. I They're probably my pick to win it all, honestly. But Rutgers in Waco against LSU geographically a lot closer to Baton Rouge, so the traveling support of LSU will be there in a lot larger numbers than Rutgers. But I think that's the perfect matchup, really. And and honestly, where they're designed right now at an eight seed, that didn't take into account the win today. This was published this morning at overnight, you know, went up. So you had a win today, and the Scarlets can get a win tomorrow over a good Indiana team, a team that's also going to make the tournament a five seed right now in this same bracketology. You know, that's a pretty that's that's a high seed. Or a low seed, or whatever you want to call it. They're a good team. And Rutgers has struggled against Indiana. If they show that resiliency that they're able to get another win, go to the Big Ten semifinals, you forget playing in a place like Waco where you got a one seed on the other side. They could hop up to a seven. If they keep winning, they can get into a six. Right? Because it, beating a team like Indiana helps Rutgers stock and it lowers Indiana's stock. Is it going to be a quick, you know, shift like that? I don't know. But the caliber of teams that Rutgers is going to play from here on out, they're all good. They're all really good. And so there's no bad losses anymore. There's just quality wins. Only room for improvement, really. Yeah, and it's definitely going to rest on a Relegorantes, you know, like we were saying before. Always. always. It always does. That's, you know, that's the Scarlet Knights. They're, they are very reliant on Arella. And, you know, it's to a fault sometimes, 
But I think today, when you saw the scoring as spread out as it was today, I mean, Mac had nine, Wallace had nine, McGlory had nine. That's perfect. That is the perfect spot for your secondary playmakers. The only thing that would, in my mind, need to change, K.K. Sanders needs to have more than two points. You know, but she had four assists, which isn't bad. You know, that's right around her season average. But one of six in 32 minutes, it's not enough looks for K.K. Sanders. She's supposed to be your second leading scorer. Or third, if you want to include, you know, if you want to say Takia maybe is the second. And she needs to be there around that nine-point mark. If you have two or three players, though, I mean, Glory stepped up in her place. And so it doesn't matter. Yeah, definitely. Um like you said, the two points by KK was a little low, but at the same time, she was contributing with four assists, four rebounds. It was it was a distribu- like a distributed performance throughout the rest of the team, other than Garantes. But if that's what works, that's what works. We'll see how it goes. But it worked against Wisconsin, you know, a team that Rutgers has beaten twice now, beat them by twenty at the rack a couple weeks ago, and Wisconsin held their own. You know, Rutgers really they had to come back in the second half. From a you know a sizable deficit, I mean it wasn't double digits, but it wasn't a one possession game. You know, it was yeah, six, they had that eight big, points, big run at the right. start of the fourth quarter. Right. To exactly. get it out of yeah. yeah. So from that perspective, it does make you a little nervous. But we know the legend that C. Vivian Stringer is coaching. We know the quality of player Arella Garantis is. She had a terrific second half, and she just really took over and she fueled that run. As you know, and Scarlet Knights obviously moving on. You know, for me, I want to see more convincing. I felt that the defense at times was a little lax watching back, especially in the first half. Rutgers was essentially trading baskets with Wisconsin. It seemed like neither team can miss, but Rutgers was making these contested shots. And on the other end, they were just open. You know? Yeah. Now, looking at the, the team box score, actually, it's really interesting because in many major categories, Rutgers actually did worse than Wisconsin. So yeah, I mean, Wisconsin shot 45%. Yeah. And, thir- and 5 of 13 from 3. And you had five three-pointers is a fine number. Right. But Rutgers but, had... Re- but shooting yeah. near 40%, that's that's not acceptable. Yeah, Rutgers had the worst field goal percentage, worst three-point percentage, worst free-throw percentage, less rebounds, same amount of assists, but... Look at those major categories. Hey, how often are you minus eight in the rebounding margin and still find a way to win by eight points? Right. They did have 12 steals, only Wisconsin's four. And then also a big key stat, Wisconsin had 20 turnovers. Well, that, that's Rutgers Rutgers eight. basketball right, right there. You know, when you have a player like Takiya Mack on the defensive end, Arella also averaging over a steal a game, Miles Giles averaging around a steal a game, they're going to get out in transition. They're going to start trying to run. A little bit. And I think that's really, you know, where, you know, there are so many similarities, you know, when you analyze the gameplay of the men's team and the women's team, because I was just doing a little analysis today on on the men's side. It's it's all, you know, it's team oriented basketball is when Rutgers is most successful. So for the men, they can't get too reliant on any individual player. They can't rely on Geo too heavy. They got to pass the ball and they got to run. And same thing for the women. Yeah, it's good to rely on Arella to get you 20 points a game, but she's going to get tired. Rutgers is in, in the position right now. If they want to win the Big Ten, they're going to have to play four games in four days, and that's really tiring. Now they'll have a nice week off in between the Big Ten tournament and the NCAA tournament where they can recoup or gather. Maybe someone can get healthy again. Who knows? You know, We don't know the timetable for anyone's injuries that's out right now, but when you can have those secondary players I mean, it was McGlory today, but it was Takia Mack, Jordan Walls, putting up close to double figures. If one of them can get into double figures, K.K. Sanders, I have to assume, is going to have a better game tomorrow. Then they're going to be the most successful. And, you know, Mack is terrific in transition. How often have we seen her steal the ball and then take it the other way for a bucket? I mean, so often is that the catalyst for a run where the Scarlet Knights can just take the ball and score on the other end, and all of a sudden, momentum's back in Rutgers' favor. So now, Jake, if you had to call right now how far, how far you think Rutgers is going to go in the Big Ten tournament, what would you say? Uh, this is a really tough matchup tomorrow they have against Indiana. I was at the game on New Year's Eve at the rank in Indiana, really dominated the Scarlet down the stretch in the into the fourth quarter, and they ended up winning by double figures. Now, that was when Indiana was ranked in the top 15 of the country. They're not anymore, but 
you know, they're not a bad team. You know, they're they're a pretty quality team and one of the best the top four in the Big Ten. You know, they're they're the four seed. So they were the team that earned the double buy over Rutgers. And so it's up to Rutgers now as underdogs to prove why they deserve to be continuing to play. It's a very tough matchup, especially considering the you know the lack of familiarity. They only played once. It was back before the calendar year started. So a lot's happened since then. You know, Alexis Morris had just been introduced, and she's not even a you know factor anymore. So you know, you take her out, you take all the injuries and and factors you know that have had. It's the course of the season. You played half the season since you know since you played this team. If they got matched up with a team like a Michigan State, you know, or even in Iowa that, you know, that they just played, Northwestern, they just played. I wouldn't like that matchup a little more. Yeah, those teams are a little better than Indiana, but just the fact that Rutgers has just seen them is really good. You know, I, I've if you ever listened to Steve Vivian Stringer in the postgame interview, she's very analytical. She goes back to certain plays, what she would have done better why it would have worked better. And she basically draws up plays for you. She doesn't say, you know, we should have taken a three there. She said, no, I should have had, you know, this player moving this way and this player going that way. She learns very quickly, almost on the spot in retrospect. So when you have a team like Iowa, you just saw on Sunday, you could have them coming up four days later, five days later. I think that's really beneficial to Rutgers. And they beat Iowa. But even if you think about the other teams that they didn't beat, I still think it's beneficial because you have that benefit of looking at the game critically. And that's fresh in your mind. So I, who knows? It's it's basically a blank slate because they haven't played Indiana in a very long time. It's a tough matchup, but I wouldn't put it past Rutgers. I think Rutgers they can beat anyone. They might pull off the upset, yeah. I think Rutgers can beat anyone if the right players are on. It's pretty much Indiana at home, though, because they're in Indianapolis. That is the toughest so thing, that's too. Be yeah, real tough. And last game we played against them, we shot, I think, one for 16, one for 15 from the three-point. Yeah. But we still only lost by 10. So I think it was a very close game, and they built it out in the fourth quarter. That's an excellent point. You know, you don't want to play a team from Indiana in Indiana. So, you know, that would be no Indiana and no Purdue. And, you know, to a, to a lesser extent... And, you know, they're already gone from the tournament because they're not good. You know, Illinois is within two hours of Indianapolis. Very close. So, you know, but they're not good, and they already lost on the first day. So, I mean, that's irrelevant. But, you know, you don't want to, you know, you expect the traveling support, but who knows what it's going to be. It's a Friday afternoon, and, and, I mean, who are we kidding? It's a little far. It's a little far. It's it's about an hour away, and, you know— if people want to make the trip, they'll probably come for the weekend. You know, they'll come for the semifinal and final. You know, so it'll be interesting to see what the crowd's going to be like. Obviously, you know, the crowd today was pretty light, but it was a crowd, you know, between Rutgers and Wisconsin. You know, and so and that's not too, you know. People aren't coming from Wyoming. Yeah, well, people aren't coming Wisconsin. from yeah Wisconsin. Uh, you know, people aren't coming from Jersey. I mean, they did, but not a lot, you know. So that's the the attendance will steadily increase, and there's going to be a flux in attendance for that two thirty game because Rutgers and Indiana are playing. More importantly, Indiana. So, yeah, a lot of factors. I mean, it's it's very new. It's very fresh. Everything is uncertain, which, I mean, from our perspective, you know, it's tough to really analyze how the game's going to go because so much has happened. But I think from the team's perspective is actually really, you know, it could be beneficial because you're not saying, you know, when you play Wisconsin, Wisconsin's taking it to you. And you're saying, well, Wisconsin already, we, we beat them twice and we beat them pretty well twice. And now they're taking it to us. You lose confidence. You get discouraged. Well, there's no discourage factor in play anymore, right? You're just playing another game, playing a neutral site. Right? So they, you know, it's, it's a neutral site, closer geographically closer to one, but it's at this point no different than when you played at, you know, the bah- the Bahamas. Two teams that you're not very familiar with, you know, that Rutgers goes on and beats. Well, they're gonna have to do the same thing, right? So their last last season they ended in the semifinals. Yeah, but this season they're better. They were better last year. Yeah, 
But now they're at the quarterfinals. They've been in the quarterfinals, like I said, five of six times uh, since entering the Big Ten. So Yeah, I, I, successful. I, remember, I remember the one year that they didn't. That was the year I went out there, my freshman year. It was the transition year in 2016-17 where there were so many players waiting in the wings. Right. You know, Stacia Carey, Caitlin Jenkins, CeCe Cryer were all yet to be active. They were sitting out with transfers. So Rutgers only had like eight or nine players. Similar to what they have now. Well, in you terms know, but, of numbers. No, in, well, uh, in terms it, of numbers, but the quality of you, the players, I mean, you wouldn't even know any of them except for, I mean, Jordan Wallace played. That was her freshman year. Right. And, you know, Victoria Harris was a, you know, she graduated last year and she was, you know, a pretty steady yeah. you know, figure of that team. But I'm trying to find the roster. Yeah. I'm, I, I remember I took a picture of the box score because it was, it was my first road trip. I was taking all the sights in and everything. Taking it in. Yeah, it was very cool being there, especially as a freshman. Right. I mean, Sharita Parker, uh, Aaliyah June. I mean, KK Sanders played. Wait, so where was your first road trip to? It was in Indianapolis. Oh, Indianapolis. Yeah. Okay. Right. And Candace Barber, Jazz Rollins, who graduated two years ago, Desiree Keeling. You know, there there were a lot of transfers. It's funny they actually played Wisconsin, and you know Courtney Fredrickson and Kendra Van Leeuwen started two players that started today, or I don't think Fredrickson started, but Van Leeuwen started for Wisconsin today, and so they were starting their freshman year too. Wisconsin's known to be one of the you know the lower level teams, but you know Rutgers got the best of them this time as they should have as the five seed, and they'll move on to the four you know to the four seeded Indiana Hoosiers tomorrow. But we'll step aside because we got plenty more conversation with this. We're gonna have Corey and Randy, our broadcasters, out there to kind of break down the game that was and the game that will be tomorrow. Uh, that'll come at the top of the hour at seven. We're going to step aside and on the other side. We'll shift the men's side of things in the home stretch of the season. They're headed out to Indiana to play Purdue this weekend before going to the Big Ten tournament. Stick with us here on WRSU Crew on WRSU FM, New Brunswick. WRSU crew, but you missed today's show? Don't sweat it, we've got you covered. WRSU Sports is now available on Spotify. Catch every single episode of the WRSU crew on the airwaves from 6 to 8 p.m. Monday through Thursday and 4 to 6 p.m. on Friday, as well as 24-7 streaming on Spotify. We'll bring you every second of your favorite sports talk with the best hosts in town. Look up the WRSU crew on Spotify today and make sure to give us a follow. Good stuff going on today. Some good college hoops, some good NBA. Lots to choose from. Doug Willink. Yes. You are on the clock. Oh, I'm first? Yeah, let's hear it. Okay. Give me your lock of the night. All right. Well, big NBA matchup tonight. Clip it Clippers versus the Rockets. The Clippets. Yeah, yep. Clippers versus the Rockets. You know, Clippers title contenders this season. Most likely, they'll be in the finals. If not, not them or the Lakers from what the West. The Rockets, you know. Brody the Rockets could be could be coming in. Game. Nuggets might be coming in, right? We don't know. So it's an exciting game. But the Clippers versus Rockets, the spread is Rockets minus one. So interesting. The Clippers are four and one against... You got Rockets minus one? Yes. That's your lock? Yes, I do. I got Rockets plus one on my thing. Really? I have the underdog. I have CBS Sports open up. What do you have open? FanDuel. Okay. Um, like the actual sports book? Yeah, so it, it's, it's... And they're the other dogs tonight, so I believe it would be... Rockets I mean, both money lines are at minus value, so... All right, I still, I still got the Rockets minus one. That's my pick. Well, that's, it's not a... It's not the line. <laughs> well, okay, okay. You could take it. I mean, I took, I took alternate lines earlier, obviously, because I thought the Clippers were the underdogs. I mean, Clippers are. All right, it, 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 it's an interesting match. You think that the Rockets are going to win? Yes. Just okay. Be, I do. Okay. Because 
the Clippers, this is not indicative of specifically the last few games, but just in general, we know Kawhi doesn't take the regular season super serious, and Paul George has been a little off lately. Meanwhile, the Rockets, with their new small ball lineup, have been dominating ever since trading away Capella. You know, that super small lineup's been working so far. So in a one-game instance right now, I do have the Rockets. Come playoff time, I think the Clippers would definitely win a series, probably go to the finals. But this should be fun. This could be a playoff-type matchup tonight. should be a close game, but I do have the Rockets. All right, let's move over to Sean. Bang. Well, I got Bang. the Clippers and Rockets as well, except I have the Clippers' money line because the Knicks, I mean, the Rockets lost to the Knicks just the other day. They got out-rebounded very badly. Um, the Clippers have Kawhi and Paul George, who will take all the boards, and they can guard Russell Westbrook and James Harden, but James Harden and Russell Westbrook cannot guard them. So please take the Clippers' money line, put your refund check on it, and then send me some money. Take it to the bank, Doug. You're wrong. I'm wrong? So you're saying you agree? You're going to sit here and tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong, Doug? Well, what's your pick? Well, Doug? Does anyone on the other side of the glass know what I'm referencing? I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. What were you saying? You're going to sit here and tell me that I'm wrong? Am I wrong, Doug? No? Nothing? No. That guy yelling at his friend about the Wizard of Oz? Oh, yeah. What was her sister? I have no idea. The Wicked Witch of the East? Bro. I have no clue. She she wore a crown. She came down in a bubble. The Wicked Witch of the East, bro. Hey, he's got it. What is this from? I, you know what? Look it up. Make sure it's clean and then play it. What am I looking up? I don't know what I'm Should looking it, up. Just, Wicked it, Witch it, of the East, bro. Yeah, I'm sure, sure that's it. Right, yeah. I'll find it. I'll it, look just for it. Make sure you listen to it. Make sure it's all clean and okay. kosher, and then we can, you know, play it for the masses after right. uh, after my lock. All right, yeah, right. make sure it's kosher. Yeah. All right, so I, I'm going to stick with the NBA as well. I'm, I'm going to take a look at uh, this really interesting game for me. Uh, Magic at Timberwolves tonight, 8 o'clock. Oh, it's tomorrow. What? Why Why are we showing tomorrow's lines? Uh-oh. That's no fun. Oh, no. All right, so that's you could fine. bet on a lock tomorrow. Yeah, just do it. Just go with it. Well, you know what? I don't want to. Okay. I don't, okay. don't want to do that. All right, well, we got to pick a new one Okay, here. yeah, I do. All right, so you got the, six, all right, the Sixers at the Kings tonight. It's a late-night game. Sixers have played a couple games out on the West Coast already, so we're not talking about some jet lag. You know, they just played the Clippers over the weekend. Sixers are five-point underdogs. Give me the Sixers plus five because I don't think the Kings are real contenders. And if the Sixers find, you know, the Sixers played a pretty tough game against the Clippers and the over Lakers, the weekend and the, and, and the Lakers. I mean, Shake Milton's on another level right now. And, and you know, who would have thought? The Shake Milton game. I love it. I'll remember that for the rest of my life. You a Sixers fan? Oh, yes. You trust Six the process? Yes, the process is being trusted. So that Jeopardy question last night? Hey, do a 180 and yeah. bead. Joel, yeah, do a yes, sir. We've got it. Is it clean? I've seen this. I just I didn't know. You, I didn't know it's what you clean. It's, it's kosher? Yeah, it's clean. It's really right, loud. Let's hear it. It's really loud. No, so, so just keep it down a little bit. All right, I'll keep it down a little bit. All right. But I think that's the funny part is how loud it is. Yeah. I just, you know, it, Doug called they, they, they made contradicting locks. Oh, okay. And then I said, yeah, take that to the bank, Doug. And he goes, well, I don't know about that. And so I said, you're going to sit here and you're going to tell me that I'm wrong? Oh. Am I wrong, Doug? Okay. Yeah, that's how it came up. Okay. I wasn't sure if you guys were talking about Wizard of Oz or something. No, love, love that video. The movie's all right. Decent. It's decent. It's a classic, you know. You like the video? The movie's like the all movie. right. Yeah, it's it's all like right. the most famous movie in American film yeah, history. Because it's the first color film, you know? It was just a well, big deal. it's crazy. They, they discovered color film halfway through the filming of that movie. It's wild. Isn't that crazy? 
Is that why? That's pretty crazy. Halfway through. Is that why they're, they're like, oh, yeah, we can't, we can do this okay. now. I, sorry. Pivoted so, completely. They just changed the entire forecast of that movie halfway through. You know, the whole movie was going to be about some girl in Kansas. And then they were like, oh, you know what? Tornado we, hit. We, we got to do a, a whole lot more with this. We can't just save it on, you know, tornadoes are great. You know, it's perfect for the era, but, you know, let's pivot. Let's pivot a little bit. Pivot. Pivot table. What's pivot table? A pivot table, like an Excel? No. What? You don't know what I'm talking about? No. I, I, when you said pivot, I said, pivot. You never use, a, never I, use a pivot table? I, I, I took thinking, an Excel class, so yes. I know you use pivot tables, right? Well, yeah, I don't know what I use them for. They're not really useful. The only thing that, you know, when I, when I said pivot, the only thing I could think of is Ross from Friends. Oh, okay. I'm just I, thinking basketball fundamentals. And I was thinking pivot table, so all, all three of us got different things. <laughs> interesting. Very interesting. So let's focus on the fundamentals of basketball. Let's shift over to the men's basketball team here at Rutgers, knocking off a top 10 team on Tuesday night. Absolutely dominated them. It was a pleasure to be on the call for that one. It was an honor to be there for senior night. It was awesome to watch the court storming. Second one of the year. I mean, that was a, that was a proper court storming. Top 10 team. It was electric. Did you storm the court as well? Just pick up the radio equipment and run on? No. No, we were a little far away. I, <laughs> I would have if I was in the if I was in the stands. I did it for Seton Hall. I, I could not this time. I got a nice video, though, of everyone doing it. It looked really fun. Uh, Stormbreakers came in from Barstool. They were I, I wearing the raincoats yes. and everything. That's cool. And look, I, I, have they done enough? Yeah, that's the that's the biggest question, right? It has enough been done to get the Rockers Scarlines into the NCAA tournament for for the first time in 29 years. 18 home wins, I think. 19 wins on the year. 10 Big Ten wins, at least. I would say definitely. You know, you Steve, would say definitely, without well, a doubt. Okay, not... Okay, so right, so Steve Peichel was on the fan today. He said, we can play in any tournament against any team. Right, so he's ready. He's got the mindset. They're ready to go to the tournament. Ready to play. Have they gotten the... Perfect resume to get in, you know, Selection Sunday, when that comes around. No. See, the, the, the road the road record is the slight issue, obviously. The- so, all right, so to me, like, the road record is a problem, but the resume's full I, I, of I, quality wins. I think the road record is the only thing. Because you said, I said definitely, you were like, definitely. Right. And I said, that's the, that's the one thing maybe holding them back, 1 in 10 on the road. That doesn't look that good. But that's just the one thing. That's the one but the, the resume is there. I mean, they Definitely. got four quad one wins, eight quad one, quad two combined. They've knocked off now four ranked teams. They beat Seton Hall, which is looking better every single week because Seton Hall is now top 10 team in the country. We're just dropping everything, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Seems like it. <laughs> they knocked off, you know, they beat Stephen F. Austin, who's going to be in the tournament. They beat Purdue at home, Indiana at home. Those are tournament teams. You know, there are quality games there. They beat Wisconsin. If the season ended today, Wisconsin is going to be the number one seed in the Big Ten tournament. They're going to win the regular season crown. How in the world did that happen? I, they were a, not a good team when Rutgers played them the first time. And you know what? Like They played well when Rutgers played them a couple weeks ago. But you know they, they were far from perfect. You know, But they might finish number one in the Big Ten. So, you know what? Like... When you look at the resume and the, the, the way that teams have projected since Rutgers beat them, it says to me that they have to be in. It's really, really tough to not, you know, like how, how on earth do you keep a team like that out? A team that's going to finish inside the top 10 of the Big Ten when there are going to be nine or 10 teams that are going to make the tournament because I think Rutgers is that ninth or 10th team. I think the others are all pretty solid. You make the argument that Purdue's going to be in, too. Make it 11 teams. Right. You know, the resume, you know, that's the word everyone goes to. Like you said, Peichel said the same thing as you today on that same interview on the fan. He said, at the end of the day, you put your resume up there, and I like our resume. He likes the Scarlet Knights resume, just like you said. It's They've checked off pretty much all the boxes to get in come Selection Sunday. The only thing holding them back, like I mentioned before, is the 1-10 in road record. But I honestly don't even think... That'll hold them back. Like, I think you agree. I think we can all agree. They're probably getting in. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not totally confident because it is Rutgers. And so, yeah, I really don't want the committee to have to make an example of Rutgers because they don't have enough wins on the road. Yeah, I was reading some articles today. They had Rutgers being the 
the first four, like... I think that's a very real possibility. Just because Rutgers doesn't have those road wins, they want to say, all right, we want you in, but you have to show us, you know, that, that it's worth it, that you're going to win a game. It'd be great to see, like, if Rutgers got in in that first four, you know, won that game and just got into the 64, it'd just be great to see them try to get in a run as an underdog team. You know what? They'd be an underdog regardless. Like, they're going to be right. like an 11, 12 seed, maybe a 10 seed if, you know, they win a game or two in Indy. Getting sent to Dayton is just really tough because, you know, if they lose in Dayton, then were they even really a part of the tournament? Right. You know, like, that's really, you know, it, you know, it would be exciting to be there and they would play probably a quality team, you know, for a quality win and something to just get the juices flowing before the actual tournament but I don't want to get to that point. You know, for me, you have Purdue on Saturday, which, I mean, like, they're they're a good team, especially at home, but they're not, you know, Mackey's not the same Mackey that it normally is. You know what I'm saying? It, you know, it's, it, they're vulnerable there. They're, they're not what they have been. It would just be so... Excited, like every year you see, like right, one of those lower seated teams going on a run. You know they capture the national attention. You know it was a big story we saw a few years ago. Florida Gulf Coast did it. That's the 15 seed. They won two rounds in way back, way back. That's how how far back was that? It was like 2013. All right, well it's it's within the last. I mean Loyola Chicago. Loyola Chicago has an 11 seed. They got all the way to the final four. Final four, right? Yeah, it's it's, much more recent. Was a couple years ago, so. That's two years ago. Two I went. Years ago. I went. I went seven years ago. It's much more recent. Long term memory. It's it's within the last few years. How, how depending on how do you define few? As you're saying, like George Mason's the you know the best you know like VCU. Right. We saw <laughs> UMBC when uh, that right, game as a 16 seed. That yeah. was that was also two, two years, years ago. ago. Yeah. That was insane. That was awesome. Beating a one seed and then UVA goes and wins it the next year. But even cooler. It was the redemption tour. It wasn't like but a, I, I'm not even at that point really with right. Rutgers because I'm not trying to get too. You know, I used to be we're gonna be a top whatever seed. We're gonna yeah. make the tournament. We're a lock. We're gonna win a game or two. We're gonna go to the Sweet Sixteen. You gotta win be. It all. I know you gotta be realistic. I know. And with each fall of the domino, I'm becoming more and more realistic and really focusing on the games in front of us. So right now, you know, we got Purdue on Saturday, a good opportunity. I think if they win that game, finish the regular season. Over 500, 11 and 9 in the Big Ten with two, you know, road wins. Now a quality road win under your belt. They'll have 20 regular season wins. You can't keep them out. I think at that point, you're, they're, they're yeah, in, they're, they're solid. Regardless, you it, you have to look at what's going to come in the Big Ten tournament. So they've assured themselves that they're not going to be playing on Wednesday. They'll have a single bye. They'll be playing on Thursday. And who they're going to play is yet to be determined. Personally, I want Michigan. Why is that? So we've played Michigan twice already. We've played them close twice. And I don't think that Rutgers have played really their best form of basketball in either of those two games. They couldn't shoot in either of them. And they weren't, you know, getting whistles. And Michigan was, you know, finding some good looks. And they beat Rutgers twice without Isaiah Livers. But I, I don't really care about personnel. I'm just talking about, you know, the third time around, Rutgers has to understand the team a little bit better and hope that they can make a couple extra shots. The other options that they're going to play, uh, one of them is Ohio State, who I think is a matchup nightmare for us. Just not that they're so much better than Rutgers. They're just a bad matchup. You know, where their strengths are are where Rutgers' weaknesses are. You know, their bigs can shoot and move. They're athletic. Caleb Wesson's very athletic. He's going to stretch miles out, and it's not a great matchup, you know. So I, and they showed why they're a better team, you know, when we played there. And then the other options are Purdue and Indiana, and those are your two Indiana-based teams playing in Indianapolis. And even though I think that on a neutral court, Rutgers could beat either of them, I don't necessarily want the matchup because we talk about you know the arena filling up a little bit for the women's basketball tournament when the men with you know, when the men come to town, attendance is up. You know, they're going to open up the top. And and when you have you have these teams that are going to go to the NCAA tournament based locally, people are going to show up. I was there last year in Chicago for 
you know, we were there for the Illinois-Northwestern game. And that was a first-day game. You know, the 11th seed against the, the 14th seed. And that place was loud. And that was the first day. Now we're on the second day for a team that's going to make the tournament. I mean, neither of those teams made the tournament. Imagine what it's going to be when, when there are tournament implications, seeding implications, too. So, for me, Michigan's the, the right fit. Who would you say you would want if not Michigan? Or if it's just Michigan's you mean? Pick? It's really just Michigan for me. If I had to choose another team, probably... Indiana, uh, just because I think we're definitely better than them. I think we're better than Purdue also on a neutral court, but I think that, I don't know, I just like Indiana a little bit more. They're not as good as Purdue. And that's, you know, Purdue went to Indiana 1 by 12, so they're better than Indiana. So I think that if we had to choose another team, an Indiana-based team that I prefer, it would be the Hoosiers. There's going to be a lot of fans there. You know, Indiana fans, they like to travel, they they, they have very strong opinions about their Hoosiers and the expectations there. Uh, lofty and unrealistic expectations in my mind. Uh, but they're there and people are going to show up and it's going to be a fun atmosphere. But, it, you know, we're probably not going to get... It'll probably be Ohio State or Michigan um, because it'll be... Either Rutgers will be the eight, you know, the, the nine seed playing the eight or they're going to be the... You know, it's just the way that things are working out, probability. Right. It's just that it's going to be the other two teams. So, in my mind, it's Michigan's my top overall choice. If I had to choose another team, it would be Indiana, then probably Purdue, and then Ohio State. I just really don't want to face Ohio State. Right. You know, obviously, though, just making making the tournament altogether would be huge. First time since 91, first time in 29 years. It's been a big season of first, you know, for the Scarlet Knights. Like we've been saying all year, first time they've been ranked since 79. Obviously, that didn't last too long, but that in itself was a big accomplishment. So now just closing out this season, hopefully with a, a couple of great wins. You know, obviously there was that weak stretch there, losing five of seven. But then Peichel came in, got the extension. So clearly, you know, Rutgers, you know, Hobbs believed in Peichel, believed in everything that's going on this year. Yeah, there's tons of evidence, you know, when you look at the team this year, you know, that, that they're headed in the right direction. And I think that they're, they are ahead of schedule. You know, so many guys, so many talented players, you know, key contributors are young. I mean, Gio's going to be back next year, but Ron and Tez and Caleb, they're all sophomores. Paul's developed a lot this year, and he's just a freshman. I think that the roster has a lot of room to to go, and things are trending the right way. So, I mean, how about Jaden Jones, a four-star recruit from not Jersey, from Missouri, and he's... Coming to Rutgers over Arizona, San Sounds Diego State, today. Alabama. Like, there are some good offers out there that he chose a Rutgers over because he believes in the vision that Pico has. Right. Right. And like that, I think, goes... He's a top 100 player. Yeah, 96 in the country. That's big. You know, he's a, he's a shooter, too. He's a he's long. He's six foot seven, but he's a, he could play that two or the three. Right. So he's kind of similar build, much lankier. Than Ron Harper Jr. Might get a little taller. He's still only 16, I think. Oh, yeah. He has room to grow into his body, too, outwards with muscle, adding on some muscle while he's still in high school. And then when Rutgers can finally get their strength and conditioning guys on him, right. he's going to be a similar build, maybe an inch or two taller to Ron Harper Jr., maybe more similar to Caleb, but a better shooter than Caleb. So I think that that's, you know, really fun and exciting. And... Do we have a call here? He's on the phone. It's okay. I, I don't want don't like keeping people hanging. But you know, I think things are heading in the right direction. Very well deserved extension. You know, some could say, you know, maybe they should make the tournament first before extending him. But I think that it's a statement, you know, by extending him. It shows that, you know, we're serious about you. We don't want you going anywhere. Yeah, I thought it was interesting too that Pyle got the extension right after losing five of seven, just because it was a really great stretch. Right, earlier in the year, and then little week stretch there at the end. But I guess overall, it just was the overall trend that they were looking at when they saw that. Yeah, I mean, it's just the season in whole. I mean, 19 yeah. wins. Look, they, they, were, they, were, they were picked 12th in the league. And it's a, such a cliche at this point how many times we've heard him say it. But, like, they have exceeded expectations. They're going to finish well above 12th, you know, as high as 7th. And I think that's 
Really cool to finish in the top half of the Big Ten. Rutgers has established that they can play with any team on the in the Big Ten. And I guess we'll see uh, what happens with the rest of the year. But we're at 652 here, so we'll step aside so we can get to uh, can we just talk before we shift over back to the top of the hour with our guys Randy and Corey to talk Rutgers women's basketball. Stick with us here, WRSU crew on WRSU FM, New Brunswick. They say, oh my God, I see the way you shine. Take your hand, my dear, and bless them both in mind. You know you stopped me dead while I was passing by. And now I beg to see you dance just one more Rutgers men's basketball wraps up their regular season against Purdue on March 7th. The Knights look to get their first road win in over two months as they attempt to knock off the Boilermakers. Will Rutgers overcome their road demons and enter the Big Ten tournament on a roll? Find out this Saturday as Raz Shah brings you full game coverage starting at 1.45 p.m. only here on WRSU FM New Brunswick or online at WRSU.org. WRSU Sports, the most exciting voice in Rutgers athletics. Don't believe us? Just ask. Hi, this is Pat Hobbs, athletic director here at Rutgers University, and you're listening to WRSU-FM New Brunswick, broadcast home of the Rutgers Athletic Scarlet Knights. Melton breaking free inside the 10-5. He's in the end zone. Touchdown, Scarlet Knights. Mathis rises, flushes, right hand tomahawk. Let's go. Taking the snap is Levis. Pressure does come, and he gets tripped up at the 29-yard line. Told you. Can we just talk? Can we just talk? Let's talk. We have the names on the wheel in. We've got a lot to talk about, a lot of opinions on a lot of things that aren't just sports. So I'm going to ask our fearless leader and executive producer, Troy DeSavino, to spin that wheel. Quality spin. All right, I got this thing in front of me here, Troy. Can you tell me who won? Well, do you have a guess for who won? I mean, it's 50, a 50, 50 chance. 50, 50, 50. I, Let's see if you get it right. I tr- Doug. Yeah. Wow. Good guess. I mean, good odds. So, all right, Doug, take it away. Did I win again? Yeah. I really won. Yeah, this... you really did it. Oh, uh, well. Doug is a natural winner. Thank you. you Born know, winner. I think this is a... Born maybe, champion. This is the fourth time in a row I've won, I think. So I just want to thank my parents, my sister, you know, Jake, Troy as well. This is just a big honor. I'm very happy that the wheel landed on me. But... I'm going to talk can, about... Can we, cut, can we cut that last part up? I'm very happy the wheel landed on me so that whenever he wins, you can play that. All right. Glad you got another, yeah. another clip. All right. So I'm going to talk about something. I'm going to talk about surgical masks. Surgical masks. Okay, yeah. This is because... You know, walking around campus, have you seen people wearing these? Nope. You have not? Not a single person? Not one. Not one. Not once in my life. Okay. Well, I have. <laughs> I have seen people in the past wearing them infrequently, but now I have seen people wearing them frequently because of the coronavirus. Coronavirus. COVID-19. Yes. And here's the thing. I'm trying to get... Do they have the coronavirus? Do the people wearing the masks have the virus? Do they? I hope not. I hope they're in a... Secure location, like not out and about at class. Like if you had coronavirus, would you be coming to class? Yes. You would? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so I'm trying to pull, I had this Time article up earlier today, trying to read it. But basically, the experts say you should not wear a face mask for coronavirus, right? They say, the CDC says you should not do it. They so basically, right, they said... It seems kind of intuitive that you should wear it, but in reality, you shouldn't. And this is Dr. William 
Schaffner. He's professor of medicine. The Dr. William Schaffner? Yeah, so this guy knows wow. what he's talking about. He's from Vanderbilt University, professor of medicine. He says it seems intuitive Wait, that you should wear that, uh, a mask, but you should not. Captain Kirk? Captain Kirk? Yeah. Yeah. It's William Shatner? Yeah. Okay, continue, <laughs> proceed. All right, so according... Wait, you're not getting, everything's just right over your head today, huh? Yeah, I'm not big on... Uh, I'm very bad at getting mainstream references. It's a little unfortunate on my part, and on your part as well on this scenario. It really is, because I'm trying my hardest. My bad. But anyway... So the Center for Disease Control says that wearing these masks won't stop the wearer from inhaling small airborne particles, which can cause infection. The CDC also says these masks, they do not form a snug seal around the face, right? They recommend masks, the CDC recommends masks only for people who already show symptoms of coronavirus and must go outside. Or people who are caregivers to people who have the virus. Yet despite this, despite these recommendations, many people are still wearing the masks. Right? I think I think that people just aren't, you know, paying attention. You know, they're just like, uh, you know what, I got this, so I this is, you know, right. What what we're gonna do because we're not gonna look into it. Another doctor, right? Doctor Jerome Adams. He's on the U.S. Surgeon, or he is the U.S. Surgeon General. He said, "People, stop buying the masks. Right? They are not effective in preventing the general public from catching coronavirus. If you buy them, and then the healthcare providers cannot get them." then they won't be able to care for six patients, and that puts the community at risk, right? So people buying the so, mask... So people buying the mask are harming people that, that need, need the mask. Right. They're not protecting themselves, and they look stupid. Yeah, right. So that that was also something I noticed. Like, when I see people <laughs> wearing these to class, that, that was the main thing in my mind. That you people, look dumb. You look very dumb. You're not helping yourself. You're harming others. What's the... I guess the thought process is, uh, you know, maybe maybe this will help a little bit. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't. The doctors say it doesn't. The Center for Disease Control says it doesn't. All these top important people that know exactly what they're talking about say it doesn't they help. They do not know what they're talking about, but I'll tell you who does know what they're talking about. Not when it comes to the coronavirus. Are you saying the CDC is inaccurate? No, no, no. Not, not, not talking about, you know, who knows what they're talking about when it comes to disease or coronavirus or any sickness in general. People who know that they're talking about. Corey and Randy. Oh, okay. And we got them coming up right on the other side of this break. We'll shift gears, go back, talk about Rutgers women's basketball in the Big Ten tournament. So stick with us here on WRSU Crew, WRSU FM, New Brunswick. <laughs> 